listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour we're going to be talking about all things food and drink just food this week and in fact just bread and pastries and stuff that's been baked. I'm not in the studio today with Jane as usual. I'm actually on my way to see an amazing company called Speciality Breads that are based in Margate. Now the reason why I really like this company and why I wanted to go and see these guys is they've been established since 1996 uh, they have over a hundred staff uh, working in their bakery, and um, they have over a hundred different fresh or frozen breads which they supply to the hospitality sector. Um, and they only use Red Tractor certified British flour. They're really trying to do everything right. What's very clear is is that bakers, local bakers, have actually been growing quite steadily uh, recently, which is great. And for me. Any village, any town has got its local bakers. Somehow, it's, I don't know, that feels like what a community should be like. There should be a pub, a church um, and a bakery. Since 2008, the number of independent bakers uh, who are sort of delivering fresh bread, fresh pastry and cakes um, in the last 10 years has grown. So it's really great to see that we're getting more local bakeries into our villages and towns, although obviously they took um, a massive hit over covid what uh, speciality breads do is that they supply into cafes and restaurants um, and hospitality venues. So often uh, it takes such a lot of, well you know how messy it is when you make bread at home, there's flour everywhere. It's very difficult uh, for cafes and restaurants to, to produce great bread in-house as well as all the other things they have to deliver. So what speciality breads do is they supply into those uh, places so that they can either use the dough and do something really exciting with it or they can actually have literally finished products that which they can they can sell there and then so at this point in time i'm now with neil smith and in front of me i've got seven pieces of bread and uh, neil's going to talk me through each one they're they're all frozen at the moment and then i'm going to go and have a good old look around the factory and then when i come back are they going to be all cooked ready they're all going to be waiting for you can you take me through each one? Yep, by all means, yeah. So um, this is our range of our, our frozen doughs that we do. And then when it proves, it's going to at least double in size. And then when you bake it, you'll get that little bit of oven spring. So you're going to get that lovely sort of 400 gram loaf, that, like you see on the shelf in a supermarket. But so it a puffs lot, lot up better. a bit and that's where you get that lovely Indeed. texture. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So which one's 
that one? That's so slightly, that's more golden than that's, the others? That's because that's our brioche. That's ah. absolutely loaded with lovely eggs and butter. Uh, it's, it's rich, it's sweet, it's unctuous. That's our, our real premium loaf. That, that's fantastic when baked off. And that's got a slight sweet edge. It Not a lot, just a tiny no, bit. No, there's a little, ed- a little edge of sugar, which helps when you, when you toast it, it caramelises it a little bit, gives it that lovely sort of like slight caramelised edge, which goes great with pâtés, smoked salmon, use it in desserts with strawberries, stuff like that. It's a, it's a cracking loaf. And people are using that more and more for burgers, aren't they? Now? Burger buns. So, yeah, we do a, a huge range of yeah. um, brioche burger buns now. So I'm very excited to taste that one. Uh, this one's got slightly more texture to it. That's, that's our brown. Good, standard brown loaf. Lovely flavour to that one. And again, same principle. Defrost, prove and bake. The beauty of these is the versatility. I mean, that you can do that just as a 400 gram loaf, uh, but you could, you could boil it and, and do it into a cob. Uh, you can flatten it out. You can break it down into rolls. You can do it pretty much, if you've got an imagination, you can make that into whatever you like. And then the next one, it almost looks uh, like a slightly butterscotchy, slightly different texture, slightly wet, yep. uh, it looks like. Yep. Um, that is our multigrain. I mean, that one, when you come back from your little tour, that's the one to try. That is, uh, as Simon, our MD, always likes to say, that's bread like mum used to make. It's got a lovely, rich, multigrain flavour to it. It's without doubt one of the best flours we use. So we have a massive argument in my house because my husband likes white bread. And he, he, he we've got a bread maker, yep. which I know, I know is cheating. Oh, but okay. we have a bread maker, <laughs> put it on at night, wake up in the morning, smells delicious. Indeed. He keeps putting white flour in there and doing white bread. But I love multigrain. Well, it depends if you're going to put beans on it. Really? Oh, beans on toast has got to go on white bread. But otherwise, multigrain every or, time. Or bacon sandwiches. Is bacon sandwiches as well, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just having toast, I just think, oh, well, I want a bit more, you know. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, yep, yep, without a doubt. Now, next to that is, is, is something that looks like a sausage. It's <laughs> tiny, yep. uh, and, and I'd ex- it literally looks like um, uh, the size of, of a sausage. It's a tiny one. What was that? That's, uh, that's basically our very simple little um, roll. That one, li- literally, you'll let that prove off. And then when that bakes, that's going to come out like a little mini petit pain. It looks, it's tiny though. So yeah. when, it, when it proves, it will actually it will, puff up that much. It will prove right the way up, puff right the way up. And actually, I've got one here that I baked off early. Oh, let's have a look at that. And, uh, oh, my goodness. So Neil's just opened the cupboard gonna, that's full of beautiful bread. It's oh. going to come up like that. So, so that's, that's literally three or four yeah. times the size. That's what wow. You're get. Wow. Okay. Yep. Then we've got two small ones. Now, they look like the size. Just slightly larger than a golf ball. Yep. Again, I'm guessing those are those are going to spring They're up. They're going to do exactly the same as the the little white yep. uh, the white bat on there. What two you've got there? One is a brioche piece, and then next to it, it looks like um, that's that the way that looks is when I make. Um, like Christmas pudding, it looks like a Christmas pudding mix. Actually, <laughs> well, it's got the, it's got the fruit in it. It's yeah. actually um, a little frozen dough piece of spiced fruit bun. <gasps> so, so that when that proves up again, it's going to comfortably double to sort of like three times in size when it's baked off, uh, and that's going to come out pretty much like an afternoon tea cake or even a hot cross bun. I mean, quite often what I'll do with them when they're proved up, I'll I'll pipe um pipe a little bit of flour and water cross on it. At Easter time makes a hot cross bun. You can put anything you like on there. Glaze it with honey. Glaze I it with lemon a curd. Tea cake. Yes. Oh, good. I like about eleven o'clock with a cup of tea. Well, we'll get to try that gorgeous. again later as well. Gorgeous. And then this final one, much bigger. Yep. Um, again, probably size of a pretty decent size cricket ball. That's a very good description. Yeah, that's our three hundred and twenty gram piece of dough, and that's one of our pizza dough balls. That's a ah. sour pizza dough ball. Oh, we do so a whole range. It takes all of the f- the faff out of it. You just get the fun at the end of it. And the beauty of these is you can actually, believe it or not, defrost them in the microwave. They take about a minute. Oh, really? And then okay. literally they're ready to roll. They're really quick and simple. See, what I really like with pizza dough is, um, so, so we do that 
uh, we get all the kids. So I've got these grandchildren. Yep. They're all standing on chairs. They're, they're, you know, their sleeves are rolled up, and they love putting on the yeah. tomato base, and then they pick all the favourite flavours. Oh, they yep. just love it. All, uh, all of these breads are fantastic for that. I mean, a good example, if I can, is the white dough here. But I mean, one of the things that I think is great and for, is it makes the most amazing focaccia. Yes, that's another thing. And it's so simple. For ki yeah. Kids would love it because you basically get your hands in there. You just, you just stretch just it out nice it. and flat. And then all I'll do with that in a minute, that will go on to some nice olive oil. You get the kids, put their fingers in it, dock it all down, sprinkle it with some cherry tomatoes, some oil, salt and pepper. Sometimes I'll put a bit of rosemary and in there. Rosemary, olives, whatever, whatever you've got, yeah. and away you go. But yeah, I mean, all of these, so versatile, what you can do with them. So just explain to me then what proving is. Yep. So so what, what is technically happening in a scientific <laughs> sense? Do you well, know? Is well, that, I, is that I, a question? I, I mean, it? I'm a chef, not a scientist, but we'll see what we can do here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's basically, it's the yeast. It's when the yeast starts to work. But yeast basically, once you start to get a little bit of moisture, you get a little bit of food in there in the form of the sort of like the flour and a little bit of sugar, and you, and you get some, some warmth into there, the yeast will start to grow as the yeast grows. It's a living thing. It's almost. a living thing. It is indeed. Uh, and when it starts to grow, it will start to produce um, carbon dioxide. So basically and as that happens you've got a nice strong flour so that's where the gluten comes in everyone talks about gluten yep. gluten is the stretchy part it's the protein that's in the flour yep. so that gluten will start to stretch the air bubbles will stay in there and then the bread gets bigger basically that's where all those little bubbles you see in bread you get that lovely sort of like open what's called the crumb texture inside where the yeast has formed little bubbles in there and when it gets to that just that right point about twice the size you want it to be it won't be finished working the yeast will still be alive that's important so you've still got a little bit of rice left in there. So what you'll do is you then pop that into a nice hot oven. And when the yeast gets that hot oven, it goes, woo, it gets really excited. Yep. Yeah. And okay, then that's brilliant. what's called oven spring. And that's what gives you the lovely crust and the burst on bread and things like that. We're going to have a go and uh, a really nice look around the factory. You're going to let these prove a little bit I more? I am right? indeed. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mould some of these up. I'll pop, make a loaf out of that one for you. Make some catches, some bits and bobs so that when you come back... I can have a little tasting. You'll have a whole oh, plethora of bricks. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Excellent. Thank you so much, Neil. No problem. Thank you. So I've just walked into the huge factory. We've got two of these sites uh, for specialty breads. And I'm joined by Naz, who is the operations director. I'm so pleased that this is radio. Thank goodness if Julia George was here, she'd be laughing at me because I have my hairnet, my white coat, I have my mask, they put me some weirdo shoes on. Don't, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. I'm also joined by Dan, who is the production manager. Hi, Dan. Hi. Now, you've worked here for quite a long time, haven't you? Yeah, 19 years. Now, this is right in front of me. We've got loads and loads of trays, all stacked up, sort of trolleys, um, and this is where all the bread is loaded onto. What are we making today? Uh, we're making fruited tea cakes today. Oh, my favourite. Now, the smell is delicious. You can actually smell the spices, can't you, Naz? Absolutely. <laughs> it's quite a spicy product. Yeah, it's and, a spicy product. And, and, yes, the aroma is incredible. It's lovely, it's lovely. Explain to me what's happening over here. Uh, we've got a lovely lady. What's happening through the whole process as we go through? Okay, so she, she's in control of all of the mixing process, from weighing ingredients to actually loading the, the mixing bowl with the flour, the water, and all the raw materials. She's also responsible for loading and feeding of the machine. And then we've got the operators on the end that are taking the product off manually and loading them onto the trays. And what's that lovely lady's name? Uh, Liga. Liga. She's literally got a massive pile of dough in front of her, which she's just mixing. So that machine will actually mix it all. And I can see coming out on the other end on a conveyor belt is, is a perfectly shaped yep. tea cake size. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So we've got um, each piece is 125 grams. 
It's then formed through like a pinner to flatten it out to the correct size what we need. As these bits of, uh, of, of sort of uh, raw dough are coming out the other end, perfectly sized, we have three lovely staff at the end. Uh, what are their names and what are they doing? So I have Svetlana, I have Antonina and I have Stefan. So they're responsible for making sure the correct amount is placed on the tray and that they actually meet the specification for what we require as a business. And they've been doing this for so long that they're very, very quick. They're very dexterous, aren't they? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, yeah, machine is going at quite a high velocity to actually accommodate the, the production of what we require. And, and these guys are loading them up. And then they're going to go into the oven or do they need to prove? They need to prove first. And how long does that take? Proving is roughly around about an hour. And then we've got the baking side of it. So that's about 15, 20 minutes baking. Can I, uh, can I go and have a look at some coming out of the uh, of the oven? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Goodness me. So Dan's just opened the door, which I just thought was a, I don't know, a freezer or a cupboard, and it's another huge room. Stacked, literally, all the way through with shelves of tea cakes. How, how many tea cakes must there be in there? Good couple of thousand in there, at least. I would say yeah. there's yeah. got to be a couple of thousand all lined up. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and they're proving in there, are they? So they're so, proving, uh, yeah. So did you set the temperature of this room? Yeah, so... Each product has its own temperature and humidity, so this one is currently set at 40, 40 degrees in the heat and 75% on the humidity. And you, you, you actually work those out eventually, what is exactly right for each product, yeah, experiment yeah. till you get it exactly to one Per spread, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, for example, that actually, the best way to describe it is, is the big sauna, yes. where you can't sit in yes. <laughs> And uh, basically, the humidity, the, 79, 80%. You need it because if you don't have that humidity, it, it will clear the skin of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the skin's product. the pro skin's the product, and you won't get yeah. it to, to the correct size what you're looking you for. Yeah. Do it. Brilliant. You have to get it right. Yeah. So we're going to leave that in there for about an hour. About an hour. Yep. Okay. Let's follow you. I've come out the uh, the other side of the proving room or sauna, as Naz likes to call it, and all of these tea cakes tea cakes are now puffed up. They're doubled in size. I'm already beginning to salivate because they look, you know, more <laughs> like the end product. I've come now here, and there's like four. They're almost like little corridors, actually. But is that the oven? No, that is uh, the cooling tunnel. So the product comes ah. straight from the oven into the cooling tunnels, and we just extract in as much heat as possible from the product so that we can get it into the chiller and into the freezer as quick as possible. So what So what you do is uh, you actually cook these, you know, the general public can't buy these things, but what you do is you supply to the industry, yep. so they get these frozen, they yep. literally can take them out of their freezer, whether they're a hotel or, or yep. a cafe, that's lovely. Now, that just needs to be cut in half with loads and loads of butter, basically. Yeah, well, it's, and a it's, cup of it's tea. Great. Great. Sugar on the top. And a great. little bit of sugar on the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are the ovens here. Wow. And again, huge, huge oven that's probably the size of my bathroom at home. It's massive. So I'm going to go back to the boardroom um, and hopefully Neil's got some prepared for me. And now I'm with um, Simon Camel, who's the managing director. Simon, this spread wasn't quite what I was expecting. There is enough here to feed at least, I don't know, 50 people. Mm -hmm. You were telling me about the jalapeno and cheese. I just had a taste of that. It's pretty spiky. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's lovely. The one uh, that's round with a big hole in the middle, yep. uh, that's a couronne? Yeah, that's a, a French couronne. Oh, um, we, we always tend to do that with a baked camembert in the middle. Um, 
partly because it looks And there good. is a baked camembert in the middle. Yeah, there, there is, and, and partly because it's my insistence that we always have a baked camembert because of this baked camembert. I couldn't work here, honestly. I'd literally be the size of a house because it's just so tempting. Um, what, uh, what's Neil done here? He's made some... Is that a fish finger? <laughs> it is a fish finger sandwich. Yeah, so we've... Uh, a posh fish finger sandwich. Yeah, yeah, there is such a thing. Okay. Uh, so w- what we're trying to do is sort of show off the range of burger buns that, that we've got. So if we if we look through these sort of six that we've got here, they're a good sort of representation. We have, this is one of our largest sellers, which is our brioche burger bun. So as Neil said earlier, loaded with sort of eggs and butter. It's a really, really sort of umptious thing. Much bigger than I'm used to seeing, a, a decent size, that. Yeah, the most important thing is getting the height on them because of then when you go to a restaurant, it's always lovely to have that visual appearance of a really tall, yeah. stacked burger. So it's not particularly wide, but it's, it's yeah. really tall, which is, which is great for, um, for restaurants and pubs. Uh, then we've got a black pepper um, brioche, which is the one that's been used for the posh fish finger butty. Um, and that is a fantastic flavour because there's plenty of black pepper in there and it just it really comes through nicely and works well with, with the fish. Um, and then we've got two here that are sort of like brother and sister. So um, you, you may or may not have heard, I, I doubt sort of many listeners have heard about something called acrylamides. I definitely haven't. Okay, so uh, acrylamides is a, a byproduct of baking and frying things. So you may notice that in the sort of supermarket bakeries that the bread is starting to increasingly look rather pale and insipid. And that's because there's two things that are going on there. One is the reduction of salt, which is a really important function in bread. Um, It's not just there for flavour. It actually helps to sort of slow down the proving process. It's a really functional ingredient. Yeah, and the yeast needs it. Absolutely, Mm. yeah. Um, And so supermarkets have really reduced the salt level down to a degree that I think is detrimental to the quality of the product. And then the second thing is, as you bake things to get a dark finish on them, you create these things called acrylamides, which have been linked to cancer. Um, So albeit that it's a very, very, very low risk, now people are sort of going, well, don't eat burnt toast and sort of like don't eat sort of roast potatoes that have got a crispiness to them and and things like that. Life is too short. Oh, my goodness. It is. Yeah, we're talking about bread, not cigarettes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, And and it's about proportion, isn't it? And and not overdosing on things. But anyway, yes, I'll I'll skip over that because it just makes me angry. (laughs) Carry on. Yes, we're we're on the same team there. Um, So, but one of the things that we do, like we we love to see sort of a dark crust on, on breads. So we've worked on something which is a sort of um, a bit of a unique uh, way, way of doing it. So don't tell anyone. I'm sure your listeners won't sort of tell anyone either. Um, so uh, we use, in these two products, we use an ingredient called red malt. Um, uh, and that gives you this really dark finish. So you can see that that versus the brioche has got a real sort of dark colour to it. Yeah, I mean, that actually no is brown as opposed yeah. to golden. Um, uh, it looks extraordinary. It's yeah. lovely. And you get a really nice flavour from it as mm. well. So it sort of it, it wins sort of both ways. So um, this is our sort of next generation brioche, I suppose. So it's less sweet than a brioche, but it's got that lovely dark caramelised look to it. And it's absolutely the sort of thing that sort of high-end restaurants and gastro pubs are looking for for putting their premium burgers. Um, and then we do a seeded version of that as well, which, as we talked about earlier, we don't allow sesame in the bakery because we want to remove allergens. So we use golden linseeds and poppy seeds on there, so you get a lovely, lovely finish to it. It couldn't be more different from some flabby bap, as I used to call it. And it's got all that <coughs> flour on the top, and it looks, it looks, it's you know, sort of beige. Yeah. This is beautifully brown shiny proper yeah what would you call it roll yeah yes. and there's and there's nothing worse than 
going to a really nice restaurant, picking up a burger, and then your finger sort of disintegrates through the, the, the bread and into the burger. That's not great. All of our burger yeah, buns... And, and it just design. collapses almost, doesn't Ex- it? Exactly. <laughs> and that's because of their very sort of cheap quality bread. Mm. We focus on making sure that they're a robust um, sort of burger carrier, we call them, to make sure they're going to hold up with the most premium, juiciest of burgers. They'll sort of still hold their form. Uh, and then we've got two more to go through. So one is our Eden. So this is our vegan um, version. Um, this is made with potato. So yeast loves potato. Makes for a really light, sort of fluffy um, crumb to the to the finished product. Um, and then also for people looking to sort of move away from a more American-style burger bun, then we have our ciabatta roll, which is also really popular as an alternative um, burger carrier. Mm, as well. I really like ciabatta. I don't yeah. think it's Italian at all. It's, a, it's an invention over not, here, I not think. Not nowadays, yeah. I think it's a bit like sort <laughs> yeah. of chicken tikka, isn't it? We've we've adopted it as our own now. Mm. So yeah. Well, great. thank you so much. So, I, so I've got... Uh, you've just taken me through all those. And then over there, um, Neil's managed to conjure up... We've got chicken in a bun. We've got pulled pork in a bun. What's the one at the end there? Uh, this one's the um, vegan version. So vegan version. Like vegan so goujons in I there. I think we might um, very kindly have lunch provided by Neil. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Can you just give us a little bit of a pot, potted history of um, speciality breads? Because it's been around for quite a while. Yeah, so we, we started off in 1994 as a, a high street bakery um, and then actually quite quickly moved into the production of frozen dough, um, which was then used in the high street bakeries to create a really good consistent product. Um, that became so popular that actually changed the name of the business to the frozen dough company and started to produce frozen dough on, on mass and that got used in high street bakeries up and down the country. Um, obviously making the dough, getting it all right, getting the right consistency, it's really hard to do that on the high street, isn't it? Or, or you know, if you've got a, a hotel or something and then somebody to come along and just present you with this stuff that's already done uh, and then you can quickly get it to your customers. I can imagine it's, it's very popular. Yeah, it, it works really, really well for us and people love it because of one of the sort of phrases that we use, it's all of the fun and none of the faff mm. because of there's no great enjoyment in terms of mixing sort of flour, salt, water and yeast. All of the fun bits come after that when you're then sort of adding inclusions into it and the, the sort of approving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, of, all of those good bits. So it's like... It's like plasticine sort of thing, you know. It's just yeah. all of the really good sort of fun stuff. And what you can create with it is just, I think some people think, oh, frozen dough, well, what can I make out of it? A loaf of bread. Well, yeah, but so where, where does it end? So much more. You, you started off um, uh, sort of delivering frozen uh, dough, mm-hmm. it, but it has developed since then. Yeah, so um, since then we've then moved into uh, fully baked artisanal breads. Um, because there was a gap in the market for that uh, and still is to a, a great degree. And now that represents actually the majority of our business. So most of what we do is fully baked, um, but frozen dough certainly still represents a, uh, a significant portion and it's actually growing as well. I think particularly since lockdown, everyone got really into home baking. So actually sh- chefs don't tend to be bakers, um, but a lot of them got more comfortable with baking during lockdown so we're getting more requests now coming through for, for frozen dough which and i great. guess if the public have been making their own bread during lockdown and maybe they're back to work now they don't have the time but actually they still want the sort of bread that they were baking yeah i think there's more of an appreciation now for really good quality bread and that's not to sort of put anyone down who sort of like you know makes any of the bread for the supermarkets and things but i think there's a bit more love goes into our products and i always like to think that you can taste
replace that in the finished yeah, product. And, and this is completely different, and, and I guess it's a different market. You know, this is speciality bread, hence yep. the name of your company, yep. and this is this is you know a different different type of thing, and it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, still, you know, a loaf of bread, some of the stuff that I can see here, that's not expensive to have something that beautiful. No, it's it's one of those sort of cheap luxuries yeah. that you can have. You know, it's it's not like we're talking twenty eight day age sort of Aberdeen Angus steak. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's bread, so it's still relatively cheap, which yeah. is lovely that people can still treat themselves you know inexpensively it's fantastic and how many staff do you have here now um based in the middle of kent uh, so we're about 108 i think now so yeah we're, we're a significant employer in the in the area um just outside margate yes yeah mm -hmm. yeah so um we're really proud of that and we we want to sort of continue to grow and to continue to employ more people yeah, that's great i've got so much stuff in front of me what's your particular favorite Oh, that's always a difficult Come one. Come on, Simon, you've <laughs> got a plonk one. <laughs> so or two. if I had to, I'll, I'll, I'll pick two. So on I'll then. go for one savoury and one sweet. So on the savoury side, um, Neil makes this amazing um, cheese, a, a sort of Stilton and Jalapeno loaf. I think today it looks he's done, fabulous. It's today he's done like a chili cheese loaf, slight variation of it, but it's just superb. The, the I might steal that and so take that home if he's not looking. more than welcome. <laughs> Um, so that would probably be my favourite on the savoury side. Yep. Um, and then on the sweet side, we, we launched these products a couple of years ago, unfortunately just before COVID hit. So they haven't had a fair run of things yet, so we're keen to promote them more. We launched uh, a range of what we call huffins. So um, we tend to shove names together quite a lot because we're sort of lazy. So <laughs> <laughs> um, It's a cross between uh, a muffin, but it's a honey base. So we shoved the two together and came up with huffins. And we they're do. like little tiny loaves, aren't they? Yeah, they so they're not round like you get a muffin, but but they're, li they're little tiny loaves. Yeah, they come in these. It's enough for one person. That's perfect. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, they come in these lovely sort of parchment-style mini loaf tins. If you imagine what a loaf tin looks like, it's that but made out of card. Um, and then we put the batter inside and, and bake it up. Uh, and and the one we we do uh, an original one, which is plain honey. We do a vanilla and blueberry. Um, and then this one is my favourite, which is a chocolate and coconut. And that's because we base this recipe to a large degree on my mum used to make these things called chocolate oh. squares when I was a kid. Um, and this is very similar to that. And it's just beautiful. So one of my jobs when I go around doing this for Radio Kent is to take something back to Julia George in the studio. I'm thinking that's the thing I should take back. What I do you think? I, I would think so. It's yeah. a real winner. It's just that. And it's a really, lots of people say that it's a very cute product as well. It's the sort of thing that you give to somebody and be like, oh, that's lovely. Nice and chocolatey, like your mum made. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, I'm going to take that to Julia. That's absolutely fine. We'd Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Simon. Your staff here are amazing. You can tell when you walk around the factory, everybody's really passionate about it, really passionate about baking. Um, and it's just a glowing example of a great Kent company. So, thank you so very much. Nice of you yes, thank you, much. thank you. Awesome. Thank you one more time to all of the staff at Speciality Breads just outside Margate. You made me feel so welcome, and I actually learnt such a lot going around the bakery. Um, really great. God, I absolutely ate so much. They uh, they put out an amazing spread, uh, and just to let you know, none of that food would go to waste. Uh, most of the staff would be piling in as soon as I left, um, or they would be giving it away uh, to other places. So nothing went to waste. Thanks again. And uh, next week, please do join us. We will be talking to Stu McDonald, um, and he is the founder and owner of Manor Life. The peanut butter people so I, I think I'm going to be having some peanut butter and toast for my breakfast next week
Um, we are syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield. And um, you can get us on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Um, thanks again to the lovely people at Producing Kent. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, get in touch with Simon, our producer, by emailing him on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Don't forget, we've now recorded over 300 podcasts on topics from snail farming to gin make everything, everything. So go to foodtalk.co.uk and you can download those. Um, have a good week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>